Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. We're going to be talking this morning about um, mostly Medicare-related stuff, maybe uh, retiree health insurance-related discussions. Uh, my guests this morning are my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed, and Pat Harridan from Gallagher Benefits. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Good morning. Um, Kirk needs to have a little bit more coffee. You got to perk up a little bit. I've already. I'm, already <laughs> I'm working up. on it. Pat and I are already on our second cups, okay. so we're we're ready and excited and raring to go. I'm working on uh, it. We are live this morning. Seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. If anyone has any questions this morning, or you can text, and the number is seven eight one seven seven five zero one one six. All right. Perfect. Um, so. Pat, we were gonna fit the. We were gonna start the show with the most exciting news in like the insurance world, right? Um, well, well, it depends on who you okay. are. <laughs> if it's exciting. Or with not. cutting yes. edge news regarding the new Family Medical Leave Act, this is specific to Massachusetts, correct? Right. Two things happened this week, which is bizarre for kind of a mid-June uneventful uh, week. Um, well, the mass, uh, there's something about um, on the federal side with ACA, which we'll talk about later. Okay. But uh, yes, so what happened this week? So the Paid Family Medical Leave Act is specific to Massachusetts. So to take a step back, set the stage a little bit. So most people know, uh, because it's been around, believe it or not, since 1993. I was going to quiz you, but it's too early for the quiz. <laughs> All right. And we probably wouldn't have done well if you're talking about dates of inception of insurance. <laughs> yes. So everyone, I think, understands there's a thing called a Family Medical Leave Act, FMLA. People have heard about that. Um, but it only applies to employers with over 50 employees. And the big thing is it's unpaid. So in other words, right. you can take time off. Eight weeks or something for... You can take 12 uh, weeks sorry, in 12, 12 weeks months. For, and if you're a okay. service member or caring for a service member, you may get up to 26 uh, weeks. So it's a good program because it provided for the first time uh, protection if you took a leave. So when you came back, you would either get your job back yeah. or a similar job and your benefits would continue. Okay. So that was... Previously, you know, just for larger employers. For larger employers, yeah. and it was very complex, the rules about how to track it, how to take it. Um, but it provided um, some benefit protection and most importantly, probably job protection if someone was gone for 12 weeks, three months. Yeah. So that's the second type of leave is a paid leave. Most employers, larger 
excuse me, larger employers provide some type of paid leave, and that could be anything. It could be vacations, um, uh, holidays, personal days, sick days, whatever. Um, but some employers don't. And for the employers that do, sometimes it's not enough to take care of a either a family member or your own um, sickness or condition. So it's not required... So let's just back up a second. Mm-hmm. So employers are not required to offer paid leave for any reason. Is that no, correct? No. So what you right? Even the to be honest with you, even the holidays. Yeah. I mean the way the DOL Department of Labor can yeah. regulate. You know who they have to get paid, and you have to get paid double or time and a half for, uh, for certain days. Okay. But there's no requirement that you give time off. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, if you work over eight hours in a day, I mean you get overtime, but. There are other rules around, but granting like vacation or sick days or anything like that, unless you're part of a collectively bargained union. Um, That's never been a requirement. Never been okay. a requirement okay. other than most employers give it's, holidays off. It's more of a fair pra- or practice, Correct. yeah. So yep. um, some states, now including Massachusetts, um, have instituted a paid family and medical Leave Act. So it's important. The name of the sort of law and rule is important because there are two types. There's family leave and then there's medical leave. Okay. So it passed last year, believe it or not. Yeah, Uh, I feel like we didn't hear about it until a few weeks ago, a month ago. Correct. Because what was happening is it passed last year. The effective dates are, uh, it's important to understand how this is going to work. When you think about it, it makes sense, but people, I think, need to sort of figure it out. The actual leaves, when people can start taking this, doesn't start until January 1 of 2021. Okay, that's right. Just pay into it for so many right. years before there's benefit. Yeah. So, two dates to keep in mind that did not change. Other dates did, which we'll talk about. So, January 1, 2021 is when, if you're a covered individual, again, bunch of rules, but basically if you're a full-time employee, you're covered. Yeah. You can take paid leave for most reasons. Starting in July 1, 2021, you can take it for all the covered reasons, both family and medical. Okay. So 2021 is when people can start taking leave. What changed this week was the contributions that uh, employers and employees, this is the new thing, not new, but people didn't realize this. It's paid family leave, but the employees are actually paying for their own leave. Okay. It's a social insurance program. Correct. It's similar yeah. to Medicare, which we'll talk which about we'll talk after. Which we'll talk about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what was going to happen on July 1 was that payroll contributions were going to start, to your point, Alyssa, you needed to, they were going to fund it for a year and a half yeah. in order to get money in there to actually start paying the benefits. Yeah. Now, uh, one thing on the benefits, um, there is a cap on the benefits, so it's not, you know, if someone's making a million dollars and they're not going to get you right. know, half their right. salary. But there's a, currently there's an $850 um, maximum. A week, correct? Mm, yeah. Okay. So it's a, it's a maximum benefit. But in order to fund that benefit, the employee and the employer are required to pay. So what changed, so a couple of things changed. One is the notice requirement. So prior to the last three days, um, most employers should have given employee notices by May 31st that this law was coming. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're going to start taking money out of your check, Paycheck, and they yep. want right. people to be know that, hey, you're going to be eligible for a paid benefit in a yep. couple of years, yep. year and a half. We got notified? Yes. Probably yes. from a notification from yes. your office, Pat. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes. So now the deadline for those that didn't uh, is June 30th, which is a couple weeks. Yeah. So June 30th, you must in, must notify the entire workforce. Um, there's like a poster. All the stuff is online yep. at the at the Mass. Uh, they have a, actually have a department now of paid family leave. Okay. It's Mass Department of Paid Family Leave. There's a notice. There's a sample uh, poster, as I said. Um, the key thing to remember here, you have to use your best efforts. You actually have to get a signed um, receipt from the employee that they got the notice. Okay. Um, so you have to do that. I think I have one of those sitting on my desk. Is that, is that what that is? <laughs> probably. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Probably yes. Make sure you yes. sign it. Yes. Return yes. it to yes. the, to <laughs> the By owner. the end of the month, right? <laughs> return it to yourself. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that's June 30th. Now again, it's it's 
it's in your best interest because theoretically you were going to have to start taking contributions on on seven one. That uh, so that notice requirement has been moved, but now the payroll deduction, and we'll talk about what it is and how much it costs in a second. Instead of starting on um, July one, is now going to be uh, October one. Okay. So that was the So that delay. was the change. They pushed it back a few months, the withholdings anyway. Right. But is the date of collection still effective, July 1, 2021? Or did they push that three months as well? No. So that's the good news. So the good news, bad news is the for employers, the notice got moved back. The contribution start date got moved back. Mm-hmm. But the, the good news for the employee is the date for collection is still um, January 1 for oh, most and January. July 1st. Oh, okay. So January 1, 2021. Okay. So, of course, people ask, okay, how much does this all cost? Right, right. right. <laughs> so, again, good answer so from... So, while you're looking for yes. that, so $850 a week annualizes to $44,000. So, you're not, you're not collecting it for 52 weeks. Right. But that's a pretty reasonable amount of income. And, but, but I think the formula, as I showed Alyssa this morning, in the... However, many thirty pages of regulations. Yep. Come on, you, you don't get hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't get a hundred percent of your pay. Okay, right. so a percentage like, of your so pay. Eight fifty was yeah, the yeah, max. Yeah. Eight fifty yes. is the max. Yeah. Eight fifty is the max based on a weekly benefit amount, um, which is usually um, it's between fifty and eighty percent. Okay. Okay. So you get some percentage of your pay with Just a like cap. a normal disability. Right. Yeah, it's like a, it's dis- it's disability insurance essentially. It's like a disability. It's like a social disability Correct. insurance program. In the and it's also for the yeah. family piece. So if, even yeah. if the employee is able to work, yeah. they're taking time off for the birth, adoption, that kind of thing. Correct. So, in because, and again, we live in Massachusetts, so nothing comes without a price. So to get that three-month delay, the initial cost of this, and I'll just talk in generalities, um, the initial cost of this was going to be 0.63% of wages okay. annually. Yep. So what is it now? Is that you know, changed? It's going up. <laughs> okay. So and that was up to the social security limit, which I think is one thirty two or okay. somewhere right. on there. Yeah. So it's a hundred and thirty you know, yeah. for the majority of people it's gonna be on their full salary. Yeah. Um so it was point so point six three is actually point oh oh six three when you do the math. So basically it was gonna be about three hundred bucks on a fifty thousand dollar a year employee. Now, because they have this three-month delay, they're going to forego three-month of collection but still start the program on 1-1-2021. They bumped it up to 0.75. Okay. So. So did you do that math on a 50000 I did 000? that math. Oh. So that's $375. Yeah, okay. So in total, a $50,000 a year employee, and again, I'm just using that as so because it's easy math, a uh, $50,000 a year employee, they pay about $375 a year. A year for this benefit that could potentially pay them, you know, a $50,000 a year employee would probably get around, you know, something like 500 bucks a week or something like that. Okay. So the good news, bad news then further goes to the employer. It's the cutoff is 25 or more employees. So if you're over 25 employees, 25 employees, and again, there's math if you're on the bubble, but let's assume you're a 50 life employer. You can charge um, the employee 100% of the, and I'll, I should go this way first. That 0.75 or 0.0075% is broken up into two parts. The first, again, to make things more confusing for everyone, the first part is the family leave. Okay. So the, again, not to get too technical, but the 0. 0.75, 0. 0.13 of that is family leave. The 0. 0.62 is the medical. So okay. there's two pieces. It sounds exactly like social, like FICA taxes where it's working Correct. Family, it's yeah. so, right. Yeah. Most people think, oh, it's Social Security, but it's really not. It's social Medicare Security and, and Medicare. Social Security. Yeah. So 0. 0.13 is family. 0. 0.62 is medical. And so what happens there is if you're um, over... Um, 25 employees, you can charge 100% of the family leave to the employee, so that 0.13, and then 60% of the medical. And the em- so, let me make sure I understood that. I know for Under- small employee employers, which we are, we're yes. 10 employees, so a small employer is not required to pay any of the premiums. It all falls to the employees. 
Yeah, right. So what happens? Can, so the the larger employee employer can charge a hundred percent to the employee. Okay. A small employer, so under uh, twenty five. Um, I'm sorry, twenty five or less. I gotta get this right. You are not required to pay the sixty percent. Right. So what happens is, even though you can only charge again, confusing as hell. But if you you can only charge the employee the forty percent of the that. Um, medical contribution. Okay. The small employer doesn't have to pay the sixty percent. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's what I. So right. I remember. So basically, small employers yeah. don't have to pay anything towards the benefit. Okay. The employees are paying forty percent of the medical, hundred percent of the family, and the taxpayers are paying the sixty percent for the small hmm. businesses. Okay. If you're over twenty-five, the employees pay it all. Oh, I thought it was the reverse. So if you're un, if you're if you're oh, I'm sorry, you're right. You're right. Sorry, okay. You're right. So if you're a 60. small employer, so yep. under 25 employees, yep. I, the idea is that this, the, this, it shouldn't be a burden on a small employer, mm-hmm. right? And so the employees would pay the full 0.75%. And so again, so it's not an employee, it's not a burden on a small yeah. employer. Well, actually, sure, an pay. employer can opt in, I'm sure, to help employees cover. Right. Employers can, that's the yeah. maximum. The okay. Employers can pay all right. it all, but right. So, so to correct... So if you're under 25, the employees could pay the, the 100% of the 0.13 and 40% of the 0.62. Okay. The small employer doesn't have to pay the 60. Okay. When you're over 25, the maximum the employer pays is 60% of the medical point. Of the smaller portion. So yeah. it's still a relatively small burden on an employer. Right. Depending, a- but again, if you a- look at a, you across know, a the large employer yeah. who's got like 10,000 employees. Okay, sure. So, it, so, uh, it's, so small is a, it's a relative term. Yes. Is it, is it yeah. pre-tax? No, I don't believe the dedu- so. No. The deduction. No. no. Uh, okay. Well, it could be because it it's a. I would assume it's a tax. It's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. Okay. Is it a pre-tax deduction? But I mean, the uh, actually uh, the average income. Well, this is Massachusetts, but average incomes in the United States are like fifty, fifty-five thousand dollars a year. Yeah. So the average family that, and I, I think that's an actually a household average. The average family is paying a few hundred bucks a year for the ability to take family paid family or medical leave act if needed in the future. Yeah. Um, starting about eighteen months from now. Uh, yeah. Um, so on the tax piece, I, I'm just thinking about through the way the other, I mean, most disability programs work. So if they're paying taxes on the premiums, they should get the benefit tax-free. Right. Because that 850 right. max should come to so, them. So probably it is pre-tax. It, if it's pre-tax, then they'd pay taxes on the 850. If it's not pre-tax, then they wouldn't right. pay taxes on right. the 850. Right. right. Yeah. So, and I don't know if they... And yeah. Yeah. if you're a large employer in... We have some that do. If your program is more generous than this, then you can get a waiver. Oh, so in that's other words, right. I remember reading that. So if you say, if a large company says, hey, look, I give my employees 100% of their pay for 26 weeks or whatever the generous generosity is, yep. then you still may have to track some things and, and report on things, but you don't have to... Follow those guidelines because you're already doing them in... You're doing the more plus, than the minimum. Plus, yeah. Okay. And these are only minimums, to your point, Alyssa. The... Um, the the employer could say, even a small employer yeah. can say, hey, look, it's so we'll little. We'll pick this up. Yeah. I can do that to yeah. give you the, the benefit. But the taxability is an important, um, important thing. And again, the other thing I think why they delayed the, they gave the three-month delay on the contributions, probably for that reason. But secondly, some employers were doing the math and thinking, is it cheaper for me to get like a more comprehensive policy oh, that yeah. I could take a tax deduction for as an employee benefit and provide more generous coverage. Okay. So so that was the um, delay. So every employee, whether they're getting a state plan or a waiver plan, should get a notice now by June 30th. And for those that are going to be paying for it, the contributions won't start until October of 19. Okay. And so what people should know is that there's a small, if you work for a Massachusetts-based employer... And I don't know the distinction between like, you know, an employer with headquarters in Texas that has an office in Massachusetts. Oh, I don't know. If, do you defi- know that? There are definitions everywhere. <laughs> uh, so let's know. just, for while you're looking oh, at the yeah, details, if you work for a Massachusetts-based employer, there's going to be a small tax added to mm-hmm. your um, taxes you know, and your withholdings starting in October. Um, relatively small tax, less than a percent of your uh, gross income, but it's going to, it's a social insurance program and it's going to be providing you 
um, starting in 2021 with the ability to take a paid leave for family reasons or for medical reasons, which are, I'm sure, just going to only get more common. I mean, because it's just so common for people to have to take leave from work to take care of a family member, like an aging parent or a sick spouse or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously maternity and paternity and things like that. So it's a social insurance program aimed at providing um, paid leave for, um, for that reason. And the taxes are relatively... You know, I think an average household paying 300 bucks a year for the ability to have this is seems pretty reasonable. Whether or not that tax will increase in the future because they missed the mark will. Well, know, that's the other thing is the, discussion. Yeah. the two things on that um, contribution. So you would think that the 0.75 as opposed to 0.63 to, to make up for those three months would be temporary. Mm, it's permanent. N- nothing was mentioned about yeah. it being temporary, and it's going to be reviewed every year. Like no, the tolls? No. Like the tolls, like the tolls yeah. on the pipe. Well, yeah. That's my joke. I like that. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, <laughs> well, it's a, it reminds me, it actually reminds me of long-term care insurance, which yes. is a world that you're very familiar with, mm-hmm. where when, the, when long-term care insurance was first made available, the underwriters who are responsible for pricing the policies, they, they had no history. data to nope. analyze. They had no history of claims. What are we going to be paying out? And so they were just you know, making the best guesses that they can and pricing policies to the best of their abilities. But what happened was fewer people dropped long-term care policies than they expected. People are living longer. It's more common for them to collect. And long-term care insurance has just gotten more and more and more and more expensive over the years. And it wouldn't surprise me if something like this goes in the same direction. I mean, it's it's the same as Social Security, right? Social Security, yeah. the, the premiums for social, the tax to pay into the Social Security system has been the same for, I don't know the statistics, but for a really long time. And that the the social security system is going to be underfunded in the coming in less than a decade it's going to be like 25% underfunded so they're going to have to either reduce benefits or raise taxes i'm going to guess the latter um in order to cover that so it wouldn't i actually think it's good that they're making that that they're not saying that that's temporary because they're sort they're sort of protecting themselves for the inevitable i think mm-hmm. um so you know not to get too political but but i but you know again it's we're talking about you know a tenth of a we're talking about a tenth of a percent of someone's um you know gross income the difference between that 6.63 and 0.75 but it's probably good to have that social insurance system be a little bit more financially healthy from the get-go than to get into problems later. Do you have any idea, Pat, like the money that they're collecting, like where does that go? Do you, do you know? <laughs> There's supposed to be a this trust fund state okay. set up yeah, yeah, set up to do this because I think they want it to be a... Um, Obviously, it, it can't be 100% self-sustaining because there, there's that small businesses aren't paying, quote-unquote, that 60% of the medical. Um, but I think they'll, they'd want to make sure that that is solvent to pay benefits. So it goes into, you know, it gets submitted with your taxes, just like a quarterly yeah. you know, withholding and all Wherever that. Wherever your mass withholdings go, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. MDOR. Well, I, just, I meant, I <laughs> yeah, meant I you know, like if they are trying to sustain it, you know, are they are they investing it? Are they putting it oh, yeah, in cash? Um, yeah. You know, I don't know what their plans are for, for making it work. I, I have a sneaking suspicion this will be on July 1, and I mean on January 1 and July 1, this will be a very highly utilized benefit. I would imagine. The broad, Absolutely. There's a very broad definition of what you can take the leave that was, for. Okay. You know, there's a bunch of stuff. I know you're going to do the break, but there's a bunch of stuff you can take the leave for, and I think you know, people are going to, you know, if they're paying for it, they're going to want it to be generous. Not not as strict as, like, disability and... and right, you and, don't have and, to meet, like, yeah. ADLs or anything right. like that. Yeah. It's like, hey, you can't work because you're disabled, or you have to take care of a family member. And again, because of the all the laws we have, you know, if I say, oh, my spouse is ill... You can't, you, you can't, can't ask for proof. You can't ask for proof that she's right. ill or, you know, some sort of oh. hipper and all that. So, so anyone can just say, yeah, I'll I mean, there'll be in- some, yeah. uh, you know, someone's gonna have to sign uh, penalties of perjury and all that. But, you know, it's very difficult to say, hey, my, and again, it could be the, you know, I got to read the regulations, but it's going to extend to a bunch of different family members too. Yeah. yeah. It's not just your immediate family. Could it, you, it, could you say like, oh, my kids are on summer break. I need to stay home with them. Does that work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and is it, are you, ca- I'm sorry, and what's the number of weeks that it's paid for? Is it 12? Um, it depends on why oh, okay. and how. Um, and I would imagine you're only eligible for that many weeks per year. Like yeah. how often can... So, yeah, and so beginning January 1, 21, covered individuals are eligible for up to 20 weeks of medical leave if 
they, meaning the individual, has a serious health condition that prevents them from work. Beginning July 1, 2021, individuals eligible, eligible up to 12 weeks of paid family leave to take care of a family member with a serious medical condition. Ah, so it has to be a health, health condition, yeah. Yes. But again, how is that going to be regulated? Right. right. I'm going to look... Uh, I'm going to look at, through the thing and see yeah. if I can find the definition. My, chi- my child is out of school and, for summer and, and very depressed. And, and what's, yeah. which which actually, like, me- unfortunately, like, mental yeah. illness yeah. Is, is really increased with ki- with young people. And right, and, I mean, and also. That might actually be the case, unfortunately. Right, it, and it's, it's hard. It, again, the serious health condition, just to give you the quick definition, because it's only two lines. Yeah. An illness, injury, impairment, or physical or mental condition that involves either inpatient care in a hospital, hospice, or residential medical medical facility. Okay. That's pretty specific. Yeah, that is pretty p- specific. Or yeah, continuing treatment by a healthcare provider. Hmm. That's very hmm. generic. Yeah, I'm under continuing treatment from a healthcare provider because I go to my doctor every yeah. you know right six months or so. And right. not to grill you too much, but yeah. do you know the ability to uh, <laughs> the frequency that's allowed? Oh, it's like, per benefit year. So you but only someone get could take 20 weeks a year? A year. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Be in, that'll be interesting, be interesting to see how that's um, yep. taken advantage of. Yeah. And, if it's, and if it's taken advantage of in a, in a, in a negative way, I guess. That's mm-hmm. what, I, what I mean by that. Um, all right. We'll take a break in a minute. But first, let's go to uh, Anne from Marshfield. Good morning, Anne. How are you? Good morning. How are you all? Good, thank you. What can we do for you? I wanted to um, just make a couple of comments. I actually own a small business. Okay. And I've gone to a couple of workshops on the new changes coming up. And I just want to clarify a couple of things. One of them is with AIM, the Associated Industries of Mass. And I know that it was brought up about the waivers for big companies, you know, who already have a good program. Yeah. Um, well, what we're hearing, though, is the opposite, that um, it won't be worth it for big companies to have those programs and they would potentially drop them. Oh. And, um, well, that doesn't surprise know, me. Pro- probably those math. programs are more expensive than, than right. the employers paying just 40% of 0.12% to enroll in this right. program. And yeah, also, if they're, to Anne's point, if they're more generous than the state and they don't have to be, Right. Why, would, why, why would they pay the extra Unless cost they want to be it. generous. Right, yeah. a good point, Dan. Uh, so let's make sure... And the other thing is that waivers are not going to be easy to get. Mm. They're, and, um, they're not going to be easy. So a lot of companies, I guess, have been through these two seminars I've gone to, said that they would be, um, you know, that's what's going to happen. They're not going to be... Everybody's thinking, oh, I already have a good program, but they said they're not going to be... <laughs> Um, easy to um, to get in the long run. And one of the reasons it's delayed, too, is that there's so many laws or uh, rules that are not established. Like, if you're going to be off um, because, you know, you have to care for someone or you're ill for some, you know, mm-hmm. it's right now there's no doctor sign-off. It's, right. It's, it's, the, you know. They must have so They must have to implement that at some point. Maybe they just couldn't pass that initially or I, I don't know that doesn't well, seem they, that's one of the reasons it's delayed though because there's so many things that are not you know down on paper yeah and like if you have workers comp if you have a workers comp injury you have to be out you know there's a lot yeah. of yeah that you have to go through well right now there's none hmm. so as a small business you know I am really worried about this hmm. and yeah. um, you know I can't hire somebody um, to fill every position temporarily because right. you could hardly get anyone now, period. Right. That's right. right. So and if I you know have. going through, so we have no choice really, but mm. it's, there's a lot to work out yet. What a are, lot. What are your employees' reactions to it? Have, have you discussed with well, them? Well, that's another, that's an excellent point. So my. Be pretty psyched. Um, my, <laughs> you know, young employees don't know about it. <laughs> They don't, they have no, you only no have two clue. weeks, Ann. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> let them know. <laughs> no, we don't. No, it's delayed. Uh, didn't Pat? Pat, no. didn't you just say that? But but the notification deadline is end of this month. Yeah, end of the month for the notification, but not the contribution. So they, they if they don't read the notification or if you don't get a sign off from, they won't know it until you start taking it from their paycheck. Oh, 
okay. Well, I'll clarify that because what I thought I read with AIM is that it's all delayed, but I'll I'll clarify that. Yep. Um, but um, no, I don't know. There, you see, the other again, being the devil's advocate as an employer, <laughs> I'm the one yeah. who now has to tell them that oh, you're going to have more taken out of your paycheck because right. they don't know. And mm-hmm. yep. um, most of my employees are. Um, it's a health care, so they're um, 20-year-old, you know, single women, a lot of them, or newly married. So they, you know, it's not really on their radar. Hmm. So it's just it, going to be interesting, but I thought I'd call in. And- you know, I, I appreciate the perspective. I mean, I think, yeah, I'm sure, certainly they won't be happy about the, the extra deduction from their paycheck, though it's relatively small. But if you're employing yeah. some young women, I mean, if, you know, they get married and have kids in the future, this is, for them, going to be a great benefit. And for you, unfortunately, um, might not be so great, given the fact that you'll be down employees, you know, over time. And it, I understand it's hard to fill that gap. We go through the same... Um, things in our small business and you know people are out for a few months and it puts a strain on the other people in the business or you're hiring temporary workers and there's a learning curve and you know and you got to get them up to speed and yeah it's there's um, you know there's frustrations on the employer side but it's a great thing for the employees too unless it's taken advantage of I mean I I, Mm -hmm. it sounds like something that could easily be taken advantage of in the future but presumably um, Presumably, there will be modifications to it to prevent that. At least I would right. hope so. Yeah. Well, Anne, thank you for the call right, and, and best you. of luck to you. Enjoy your show. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Yep, bye-bye. All right, we're going to go to Lisa from Marshfield. Good morning, mm-hmm. Lisa. Good morning. Um, I well, My question this morning, and I'm glad you're covering this topic, because as a part-timer in a large hospital on the South Shore, um, I'm was under the assumption that I was not eligible this for this for many years. Um, but now that I will be now paying into it, will I now be eligible for this benefit as a part-timer? Okay, good question. Pat Pat Harrod and Gallagher Benefits, he's uh, flipping uh, through his pages. He's going to find you that answer. Well, so first of all, I can remember that benefits don't start for anyone until 2021. There's a period of time where withholding, where uh, w- wages are going to be withheld and paid. There's going to be taxes paid into the system for the system to, um, the, f- to grow financially before anyone is eligible. So 2021 is is the first year in which people are eligible, but withholdings are going to start this coming October. How many hours do you work a week, Lisa? What's your? Def- I am scheduled. I am scheduled to work 40, but I do tend to work extra. Mm. So that so forty hours a week that's full time, right? Uh, oh, I, I apologize. Uh, forty per pay period. Okay, so oh, twenty hours a week. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry about so that. the so Lisa, not to um, give you the long definition in the regulations, but in general, uh, anyone who has paid contributions. So if you start paying into um, contributions then you will be a covered employee. So you'll know whether or not you're covered, whether or not your contributions start. The definition of a covered employee is uh, about half a page, um, mm. but it does not give, interestingly enough, a hours. Oh, it doesn't. I know where Alyssa was going. Yeah. It's, it just says, um, you know, the contract workers, former employees. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna look and see if it. Has are you one. Are you a W two yeah. employee or a 1099? Um, I believe a W two. And if I if I might be misspoken, but the reason why I'm currently not eligible for the program is because my understanding is you have to work at least eight thousand hours per year. So I don't think I meet the requirements currently. So it's very interesting that they're not stating the hours in in his documentation in front of him. Um, did you re- Lisa, so, did you did you receive a notice from your employer about this? Um, I have received a notice. <laughs> um, I have something online that I have to like go and acknowledge and 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 things like that. I just haven't had the opportunity to <laughs> sit down and look through it thoroughly. So, um, okay. But I have two weeks. Yes. <laughs> It seems like uh, from my uh, just glance at it, the definition of employee, they're using the same definition that they use for a um, under the workers comp law. Um, Mm. So 
I'm just trying yeah, to see. D- if I well, can. I mean, a, f- a full time employee is 2,080 hours a year. Yeah. 40 hours times 52. I'll see, Lisa, as we um, go through the program, and I'm not speaking, I'll read through this, but it looks like. Anyone who, you know, in general, it says anyone who's paid the contributions is eligible, but uh, I'm looking for how someone defines whether or not they can take contributions from you. Yeah. You know what, Lisa, do you mind holding on the phone just for a minute? We actually are a little bit late for our 8.30 break. That'll give Pat about (laughs) two minutes to read, and we'll hopefully have an answer for you in just a couple minutes. Tim, can we take Mm -hmm. a quick break? We'll be right back. Tim, we have to work on extending those breaks a little so that uh, Pat could have a, a, a time more to time I think we, <laughs> to answer this question. Hey, I'm following the log here. <laughs> we need some more. We need some Talk more to ab- the traffic director. Advertisements. Do you want to advertise with us? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't have a business to advertise. Oh, okay. All right. Um, all right. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Um, I'm joined this morning by my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed, and also Pat Harridan, a very frequent guest on our show from Gallagher Benefits, uh, an employee benefits specialist. And we are talking this morning about the new family or the rel- yeah the new newly mm-hmm. enacted Family Medical Leave Act that was just... Um, I, I guess passed recently in the state of Massachusetts and uh, w- which will increase tax withholding slightly mm-hmm. uh, for people that work for Massachusetts based employers and the, the reason is that it's like a it's an, it's another social insurance program that will provide paid leave uh, starting in 2021 for um, a variety of reasons family and medical um, we were trying to get that answer for you Lisa regarding um, who who is a covered employee in quotes and the definition of a covered employee because it's our understanding that not all employees uh, will be required to pay into the system and will and if you're not paying into the system then you're not a covered employee and wouldn't be eligible for benefits. Um, Pat has been flipping through his <laughs> dozens and dozens and dozens of pages of information um, and unfortunately he's not seeing a specific definition yet regarding what's what is a covered employee. I just assumed it would be number of hours per week worked or something like that. But yeah, it it seems to um, Lisa. To be not yeah. to be too technical, but it seems to refer to the same definition as they are using in workers' comp, um, and because the benefit is a percent of uh, wages benefit, it it probably most likely will cover people even part time because it's not like it's a um, you know they're requiring a certain like you said hours or anything like that uh, because the definition of a covered individual extends even to former employees, self-insured, empl- self-employed individuals. So it's a very generous definition, but um, mm-hmm. nothing sp- specific that I can find in the regulations without going to the mass general laws. But, you know, everything I've read in terms of from our legal or compliance group has said anyone who pays into the system is eligible. So not I'll that you have, have to, to wait until my- October, but you, you, if you got a notice, my <laughs> sense is you're most likely eligible. I'm looking at the mass.gov website and they have like an FAQ and who is covered by the paid family medical leave law. Um, And the first bullet point, if you're an employee who works for an employer or state or federal government agency in Massachusetts, you are automatically covered. Hmm. If you're Mm -hmm. an independent contractor who contracts, blah, 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 uh, you are also covered. Mm-hmm. As a covered individual, if you're self-employed, you can opt in yeah, to in- right. obtain coverage. Hmm. Uh, if you work for a city, town, local government employ- government employer, y- you're, you're, that's right, your mm-hmm. employer opts in. Um, there is an earnings eligibility requirement for any individual who wants to take paid leave under the law. You must have approximately 15 weeks or more of earnings and have paid and have earned at least forty seven hundred in the twelve month period before you apply for the leave. But I think yeah, I think Pat, pro- yeah. what you probably just said means that anyone is covered. Um, you just have to meet the requirements it, of the financial paying uh, into. Yeah. So I found something on the DOL DOL website. Um, now this might be. So this might not be specifically Massachusetts. Um, yeah, probably not, because Mass would be more generous. Okay, that. but I think that's right. I think they're saying everyone's eligible. And then you have to, in order to qualify for a claim, you have to meet the minimum contribution and wages. 
Right. Which seems very low to me. It seems very low because I was just thinking, you know, what if Lisa, for example, what if she works 10 hours a week right now and she's mm-hmm. paying into the system a small amount, but what if three years from now she's working 40 hours a week and she wants, you know, and then she starts collecting at a higher level? Like there's a little bit of a disconnect there, but um, so I, hypothetically speaking, you know, I suppose that's possible. But um, it sounds like you're you're going to be a covered employee, Lisa, regardless of your hours worked. You'll just pay in based on your wages, and you would collect in starting in 2021. You're eligible to collect. You would be eligible to collect, and and the amount you're eligible for is based on your income at that time. Does that make sense? It does. It does. It definitely gives clarification on the topic. Um, I was going to review with my HR department now. Like I yeah. said, that I'm going to be paying into it. <laughs> um, I would think I would have some sort of eligibility. Yeah. I hope I don't have to. Um, and I think the key word with this bill is take advantage of it because <laughs> I can tell you as somebody that's not eligible for it or doesn't take a lot of sick time, there are people that, mm-hmm. as you were reviewing it and listening to you guys on this topic, are already taking advantage of it. And mm-hmm. I think that the broad terms that you've already um, listed, it seems like a very easy bill to take advantage of. It does. I it think does. that over the years, I think they'll probably tighten it um, because now you're letting everybody use it and there's really no dis- discretions on, like you've stated, on how to use it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so. they're, they're going to have to tighten it because yeah, if, someone, have to. if someone can take 20 weeks a year to care for a family mm-hmm. member without really providing proof, it's going to be a huge yeah. strain on employers and a huge financial strain on the system itself. And it's not going to... It, they're either going to have to tighten it or increase the taxes for it or, you know, but I would imagine employers will start lobbying right. uh, against it, at least how it's currently written, um, because it's potentially a huge strain on employers to have employees. Yeah. And then they add in, add in four or five weeks of vacation. They'll be gone half the year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's like, that's Absolutely. more than a third of the year that they're eligible to take off every year. I mean, I mean, and it's, yeah, so so I mean, I think it's great. I think it's a great idea and concept. It just doesn't sound like it's uh, it doesn't sound like it's written in a financially sound way, um, and it sounds like it's potentially a, a huge strain on employers. But you know, gr- great for people that can that ha- that have good reason to take advantage of it and can pay you know relatively small taxes for the ability to take time off when needed. But you're right. I think it's probably going to be abused. It just sounds like more overtime for me. Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Well, thank you for your time. I find your show very informative. You're welcome, Lisa. Thank Thank you you for saying that. Enjoy the day. Bye-bye. Pat, do you know know what Mass Tax Connect is? Yeah, so Mass Tax Connect is each employer in in, in the Commonwealth who remits their taxes. Like if you don't have your account... If you don't have your accountant do it for you, yes, um, they have their own Tax Connect like login, and that's where they would remit all their taxes and files. So let me, I'm just going to read something yeah. to you. I want to make sure you kind of knew what that was first. Yeah. So this is so this is on the Mass.gov website, website yep. and it says counting Massachusetts W-2 employees as covered individuals under the under yep. this law. Um, it says Mass W-2 employees yep. will always count as covered individuals yep. as long as you generally withhold income tax for them through Mass Tax Connect. Yep. Um, okay. These employees don't need to reside in Massachusetts to be covered. You will always be responsible for making payroll withholdings and contributions on their behalf. This applies to full-time, part-time, and seasonal. Hmm. Yeah. So I think it's everyone yeah. who's you know, considered an employee, they withhold taxes. And then I think the, the way they're capturing the part-timers is you have to meet that minimum sort of wages and minimum contributions because they don't want people obviously collecting if they haven't contributed. Yeah. I, I got to play devil's advocate again for a minute because I think this, the point that Lisa brought up being a part-time mm-hmm. employee, like... Think of someone who works, I'm just going to use a mom, for example. Mm-hmm. Think of someone who works um, 10 hours a week currently and pays into the system on that level of wages for a couple of years. And then maybe they you know, increase their hours to full time and then, and then take leave based on a full time income. Like, I don't, it doesn't, I don't, don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't say in what I'm reading, it just says you have to have paid in for 15 weeks prior and earned $4,700 total in the 12 month period prior. So those, that's a pretty low threshold to meet. 
And mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to, like, if someone bumps up their hours to 40 and then a month later applies for 20 could, weeks It could be they do a look back of yeah. the actual average earnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I would hope so. Anyway. I did find, for those people, I think it was Anne before. Yeah. So here's what you need to do to file a claim. Yeah, okay. So part of it is good, part of it's not so good. So a claim for medical leave, you do need a um, uh, a certification um, from the doctor that this person is, because again, you're taking it for yourself. Yeah. So you as the employee can share that information with your employer. So I get that. So in other words, there is a similar, you know, kind of um, support, but for a family, uh, leave where you're going to care for someone else. Yeah. You, the employee, have to do a, you know, a signed statement saying you need to cover um, the family member and you just have to prove that the child is yours or you're married to your spouse. So birth okay. certificate, marriage certificate. Okay. But there's nothing, at least in what there's I've no read. There's no medical, rec- like a doctor because, doesn't have to sign off. Right, because like your child is him. a minor. They, they can't yeah. give, you know authorization it's going to be a little bit so i think the medical leave not so you know it's again we all can find a doctor who can you know um certify someone's um ill but uh on the family leave it seems like it's going to be a little bit um harder the the one for the military is um does require you know obviously the the active duty orders you know if you're caring for someone who's uh, because they're gone on uh military leave so I do agree, though. It's going to be um, both with Ann and Lisa. That's probably going to be a little bit um, easy to uh, apply for benefits to, and to ab- and to abuse, and to abuse perhaps. It, I think. Yeah, um, perhaps. For anyone looking for more info, it looks like you can go to mass.gov. Yes. And I just I actually just googled it, but I but there's a section paid family medical leave, leave and then there's this FAQ section, so it does answer some of and these it, questions. It probably, given the fact that this happened on uh, June 13th and it's now June 15th. <laughs> the FAQ may not be updated yeah. with the new dates. Okay. But there's an employee and an employer section um, or FAQs for both. And there is actually this whole Department of Family and Medical Leave, DFML. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's the place to go for that. And again, it's, you know, if you're a Massachusetts resident working in Massachusetts to um, Kirk's point, if you're, you know, being withheld taxes in Mass, even if your employer is in another state, oh, you're, that you're, makes sense. Yep. you're a covered person. Just yeah. like unemployment and all the other things. You're yeah. you're working here, you're covered. Okay. Who knew that would be so exciting, Pat? It's, uh, n- well, it is exciting, <laughs> I guess. I guess um, it's exciting. And then the yeah. other thing for employers, especially the larger ones, to more to Anne's point about, you know, they offer a more generous benefit. They also have to coordinate all these leaves because FMLA could also run concurrently with mass paid family leave because if someone exhausts, let's say you only get, um, you only take a few days under paid family leave or you want to use vacation because you're only getting 80%, you've got to coordinate all these different leave programs, which could be another reason why employers would get rid of their their own program and just worry about, hey, I need someone to coordinate because the clock starts for FMLA, the clock starts for mass paid family leave. And then there are different rules under each one. You know, sometimes, you know, you could be, this is a condition because I don't think, I don't know if the federal one has evolved to cover same sex yet, whereas whereas the mass would for spouses. Right. So you just have to, it's coordinating leave giving people time off is a full-time job i actually my brother in our office is we don't have an hr department but he handles a lot of the hr (laughs) issues and he actually walked into my office just a few days ago not even on this topic but just he walked into my office and he's like do i have to track employee time off anymore he's like it's just getting to be such a mm-hmm. hassle and we're in a great position right now where we all of our employees we just love and I we really don't feel like any of them would take advantage of us and mm-hmm. we feel you know he was kind of like do I have to worry about this like we we have some great employees and we're not really worried about it but he was just kind of complaining about the you know administrative headaches of of HR and just tracking with us and we even have you know we have a payroll company but but yes. somebody still has to go in and enter a number of hours and you know well, update we'll it every about, year I and, think, I think yeah. it was Anne that was saying it, you know, because she's probably seems like she's probably a little bigger than you guys. From it, if she has to replace the people that are on leave because they're in like a manufacturing or, or service, 
those people yeah. that are temporary could now be eligible for this too. So when they leave, a former employee also is eligible. Now, granted, they're uh, not. Okay. It doesn't cost the employer anything. Yeah. But it's just again another thing to for cost the system something though. Correct. Right. So yeah. the system's going to be potentially stressed. I mean, it's possible they could even delay it again. Right. If the more they think about it, I mean, if they. It's it's possible those. I my sense is those day if they if they get to a point where they're in the fall of 2020, they've looked at the collections. And they're like, okay, are we prepared for 1-1-2021 when we start paying out the benefit? They could. My sense is they won't. They would just increase the contributions because we're in Massachusetts. I mean, what's to prevent like 100% of, empl- of employees apl- apl- applying for it? I mean, it yeah. just doesn't seem it's, like right. they could they accurately to, underwrite it. Yeah, I think they have to, um, you know, maybe tighten up a little bit the... Um, the definitions. The, the, the definitions and also the claims. I know they want to be generous and that's fine, but... I think on the medical, like I said, it's it's tight as the, the the medical community will allow it. I think it's the family medical, the family leave piece that's that's going to be a little tough to um, yeah to and again for the I don't envy the HR group. Yeah, well, perhaps we can discuss this again at some point in the future as it gets closer to twenty twenty one and maybe things have evolved. I mean, they've also yes. bought themselves some time. Mm-hmm. to tighten up um, the claims requirements and things like that, assuming mm-hmm. those evolve in the coming 18 months. So Yes, and also we'll have a good, uh, probably anecdotal evidence about what are large employers doing. Are they changing yeah. their leave to right. because they, hmm. they, can, um, they now can take advantage of this? Right. Um, okay, on that note, let us, we will take a break and then we will transition. Um, after the break, we wanted to talk about um, Medicare. Pat, mm-hmm. I guess, Medicare. wanted to talk about the, the <laughs> Medicare. Is it the Bernie Sanders Medicare for All there proposal? Are several. Okay. There are several. Mm. Uh, when I was just reading that this this originated, uh, this maybe didn't originate, but back in the early 90s, um, mm-hmm. I think it was Bernie Sanders also, you know, had like a very similar proposal almost 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um so we wanted to chat about that after the break and maybe just some retiree healthcare related stuff in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're live this morning, 781-837-4900. If anyone has questions for us, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed joined with my husband, Kirk Reed and uh, Pat Harridan with Gallagher Benefits, who's a benefits expert, employee benefits expert. Can I, can I call you that? On certain, official things, titles? Sure. on certain things, sure. Mm. <laughs> I know he's our mm. personal employee benefits um, specialist, and uh, we're gonna that we that was I didn't actually think we could talk about that for sixty minutes, but that was actually kind yes. of exciting. Mm. That was the Paid Family Medical Leave Act, which is new in the state of Mass. Uh, and if anyone uh, has more questions for us, feel free to give us a call, or you can also text your questions to seven eight one. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. 